Recently, Doug and Lisa Stringer were invited to be guests at Congregación León de Judas Pray TV in Boston, hosted by Brant Gillespie. Today's podcast is an extrapolation of portions of Doug's provoking thoughts in times of prayer. Listen to this challenging and prophetic, heart-touching conversation and join in and make it your own during the engaging time of prayer. Let's join in. The Houston Five, or specifically the five pastors that were subpoenaed for their sermons, really reminds me of the book of Acts. We've all prayed, oh Lord, we need a book of Acts movement again, which we do. But we like to look at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the upper room experience, <laughs> right. the, the growth of the church. And those are, that's exactly what we want. We don't want the conflict. Right, but we have to go through a process to get to the promise sometimes, don't we? Just like the wilderness mm-hmm. journey. And we really are seeing an all-out attack, like in the book of Jude, uh, an attack on the Word of God, the name of the Lord Himself, and His church. There's an apostasy. There's, a, there's an assault on the things that are righteous, the things of God. And I remember in the book of Acts where they said to the disciples, they said, you can speak about God. You can say all these things, but don't use the name of Jesus. Yes. Right. And at the end of the day, that's exactly what these powers that be, they don't realize that there's puppeteers in their lives. There's spiritual dynamics that they don't understand. And when they begin to even go against our national constitution, um, freedom of expression, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, they're trying to take those away from those who disagree with them or their ideologies. And so in our city, this isn't the first time we've had it happen, but this is a a time that became such a focal point that when you have a pastor, a good friend of ours, Pastor Con Nguyen, who he came on a boat from Vietnam. He almost died when the boat sank. 15 minutes after they landed on an island near Indonesia, the boat sank. He came to Houston for freedom from the atrocities of dictatorship and communism and socialism and Marxism. And so here was a, a Vietnamese Baptist pastor and now being subpoenaed, he said, I left that to come to right. a land of freedom. Magda and Jose Jaramita, mm-hmm. who have an incredible ministry, they're dear friends, they look to us for leadership in their ministry, and they left Cuba, they left that behind. And, and story after story of people who left those kinds of places coming to America that was supposed to represent freedom and liberty and freedom of religion and freedom of speech, and yet here they are finding themselves in similar situations of what they had left. And so we saw that as really an important point to look at because we realize this is on us right now. If we don't wake up and we've got to quit pushing our snooze buttons. So I think that when Pastor Steve Riggle, a very good friend of ours, and I minister that church that you were at uh, many times, when we saw them being under attack, the whole church had to wake up. Regardless of your racial, denominational, generational background, we realized this was an assault on the name of the Lord and the church. And so it wasn't about a political ideology. It wasn't to be ethnocentric or political centric. This was about being Christ centric. This is about the Bible. This is about what's, what is right to the church for the gospel to go forth. And so praise the Lord after much attention and, and much struggle and prayer and, and actual mm-hmm. practical, tangible expressions of doing something, we saw that turned around and that obviously mayor is no longer the mayor. But that spirit is still, I think, exhibited across our country. And if we don't wake up, we're going to find ourselves following the Pied Piper and one day waking up and realizing it's too late. And Leonard Ravenhill and I used to talk and used to say that God doesn't answer prayer. He answers desperate prayer. I think we're at a place of desperation right now. When you think about the point of first reference for all of the book of Isaiah, we love to quote Isaiah 58 what a true Mm -hmm. fast is. And we all believe that. We need to be a tangible expression of Christ, not just what we say, but expressing Christ in the way that we live. 
But Isaiah 1, when we talk about all the prayers, we've been praying 2 Chronicles 7.14. I've been a part of major stadium events that we helped to facilitate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about 2 Chronicles 7.14, we've been praying that as a nation, as the church, more than ever before. And yet we're seeing this no longer gray areas. We're seeing evil is getting more evil. Good is trying to be snuffed out. We need to speak the truth in love, season with grace, but we must speak the truth nonetheless. And so when I see Isaiah 1, it's in the context that God himself says, all the raising of your hands to pray, all of your get-togethers, and I call kumbayas and conferences and gatherings, (laughs) those are all good, but I won't regard them. I won't regard your lifting of hands to pray. I won't regard all these gatherings because you've forgotten some of the most important things. And so one of those important things, it says, is because you've allowed the shedding of innocent blood that you have overlooked justice and you neglected the orphan and the widow. So in other words, your hands are covered with blood. We can see right before us in places like Massachusetts and other parts of the country, and even here in Maryland, they're trying to put these bills in that are now allow where they can allow a child to be born, but by the discretion of the parent and the medical professionals, so-called medical professionals, they don't have to give render any medical aid for tw- up to 28 days. First, they say it's if they have a deformity, if they have some illness. But look, it started out with a woman's right to choose. My body, my choice. But now we can look at that same comment about many other things. What about Christians saying my body, my choice on other areas? Mm-hmm. But yet the reality is, is that then they say, well, what, what about rape and incest? And then you begin to look at pushing the limit to the first trimester. Second, then now it's till full birth. Where does it stop? It will, evil never stops. And when any society, be it, I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, it's a, an atrocity when any society finds that it's necessary to discard their children. It's, it reminds me of the Old Testament and the, and the offering of the children's sacrifices on the altar of Moloch and altars of demons, really what Paul says in Corinthians. Mm-hmm. We cannot sacrifice at the table of the Lord and say we're Christians and also sacrifice to the table of demons. So the shedding of innocent blood. And also he says, so wash and cleanse yourself, remove these sinful deeds or your evil doings before my very eyes, he says. And then I believe that's even saying we need to quit representing God in the house of the Lord and yet not letting him be God of the house. I I did an article a few years Mm -hmm. ago called inviting God back into his own house. And it was about El Bethel. The El Bethel is God of the house of God. But too often we worship the institution of Bethel rather than the God of the institution. Right. We begin to worship worship more than we worship the Lord himself. So it's just that little tinge of a, of, a, of a shifting. If we don't get our hearts back to that posture of adoration and worship before God, Keith Green just say bananas for Jesus. I just want to be goo goo gaga for Jesus, right? I want to right. get back to my first yeah. love because it's easy to get away from that and get untethered from our original place of the revelation of God's grace and love abounding great and amazing grace. If we're not careful, we find ourselves getting way off and untethered and way off the moorings that God first put us on and we'll find ourselves in defeat rather than victory. I really do believe that because if we never forget where we've come from, we all need the great and amazing and abounding grace of God. And I realized that even in another book I wrote on the spirit of the Ten Commandments that we call Living Life Well, And I talk about the letter of the law kills, but the letter of the law can be liberty that turns into licentiousness because of license. Right. And the other side that you're talking about, we can become legalism in the sense that we become so legalistic 
that we no longer have the essence of the presence of God and the fragrance of heaven that flows through us. It's 2 Corinthians 2.14 that says that God always leads us to victory through Christ Jesus so that we can become dispensers or sprayers of the fragrance of God in heaven. So how can we do that if we're so legalistic that we're so bound in our own world that we don't realize how far we've gotten away from relationship? At the same degree, we can become so free and liberated that we no longer take serious the fear of God, the respect of God, that we begin to take our liberties into a place of license, and that becomes licentiousness. So it's that balance, but it comes from what you said, that our minds would be stayed on Him, that our minds would stay on the Lord's. Uh, we always have two prayer times in the morning before I ever leave my room. First one is my horizontal prayer time, where all I do is just thank the Lord for all the things that he, I can be grateful for. I'm not homeless that I used to be when I was a teenager. I'm not on drugs anymore. I'm, and I won't get into my testimony, but all those things. I thank the Lord for my wonderful family and wife and friends and the privilege of the calling of God. I don't ask God for anything during my first prayer time. It's just gratitude time. There's something about gratitude that attracts the presence of God. Then when I get up and I do Devo time and coffee, and, and then I'll go to my knees, I call it my knee time. That's where I say, Lord, I'm way beyond my pay grade. Lord, I give you my supplications. I'm not smart enough. I, I don't have enough. I don't even really, I'm not qualified enough. I'm not all those things, but God, the demands on my life, what you've allowed me to be a steward of and the relationship equities and the things that were involved in God, would you give me the grace to be able to, to walk in that? And then I pray, Lord, I pray for a right spirit, a clean heart and a stable, sharp mind. God, I'm nothing without you. There is nothing without you. Be glorified in all that I do say and think, Lord. Grant me the grace, the great and amazing and, and wonderful grace of God that I can be able to be the man you've called me to be, the preacher you've called me to be, to be the employer that I am, to be the husband, the father, the friend, the, the prophetic voice that I want to be. God, help me because it only comes from your presence, God. There's nothing without your manifest presence, God. So Lord, I pray for a right spirit, a clean heart, a sharp, stable, sound mind. But maybe you're a praying mama for a prodigal child. Maybe you're a father praying for your children that have gone astray. And I'm so reminded of, of a young man who had AIDS and who hated Christians and, and he would always attack us. And yet in his time of need, we anonymously paid his rent and his light bill. And when he found out about it, he wanted to know why we would do that for someone who hated us. And the night before he passed, as one of my team members was able to minister to him, he kept saying, why would you pay my rent and my light bill? And he said, that's what Christians do. The Lord spoke to us, not because we knew you well, not because of how you treated us, but because that's what the Lord told us to do. And as a result, he gave his life to the Lord that night. And the next day he passed to be with the Lord. But Lord, I thank you that it was a praying mama because years later when I'm preaching in that large assembly of God church in another part of Texas, and between services, a woman comes and says, what was the name of that young man? Was it so-and-so? I said, yes, ma'am, did you know him? And she began to weep and say, that was my son. I had been praying that God would raise up people to reach my son Hallelujah. who hated Hallelujah. God and hated Christians. Mm -hmm. God, I was praying that God would raise up someone and you answered the call. God, it wasn't about what we did in our good work. It was about us yielding to the cry of a mama before the throne of heaven. And you allowed us to participate with the cries of that mama. 
Lord, that you encouraged her at that moment. So I'm praying for all the praying mamas, for praying fathers right now, for those that are crying out for loved ones. God, I pray that you would let us know that we may not see the result right now, but we know that if the seed has been planted and the seed is being watered, we know that you will give increase regardless of what we see because you're the God that changes circumstances. Father, what a privilege it is to serve you and to to be called by you, each and every one of us, that you gave us the revelation of the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection. God, even as my prayer has been the last few weeks, a cry for the body of Christ that is going through so many things, not just in our nation, but, but what's happening right before us in places in Ukraine and the surrounding areas and all parts of the world. God, there is a need for breakthrough. We need a breakthrough, God, but we know your word is true. Your word is true when it says that you are the Baal Perizim. You are the master of the breakthrough. God, so I thank you right now, even in agreement in prayer, because agreement's a place of power, that God, you would give us the breakthroughs, the victories we need, Father, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, relationally, in every way. God, and even as Brad had stated earlier, God, we need a posture of humility with confidence, but confidence in the Lord, not in our flesh. We thank you, Lord, that you are repelled to arrogance, but you are attracted to humility that comes with a confidence in you. We need you, Lord. There's none like you. It's a privilege to serve you, Lord. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.